0: Welcome to Surrey's Greener Future. In these podcasts we will identify ways where each and every one of us can do our bit to make a difference. We will also keep you updated about a number of local projects supported by Surrey County Council which are designed to improve the environment. Today I'm sitting in on the second workshop run by Surrey County Council to help kickstart the projects that were selected for Surrey's Greener Future. Welcome to our, our second workshop as part of the Surrey's Greener Future design challenge. Today we are reviewing and developing, so very straightforward. So reviewing, I guess, what you've been getting up to over the last three weeks and trying to draw that together and then looking ahead at the next three weeks. I'll, I'll First off, we hear a report from the school food waste team.
1: Okay, so our idea is to reduce food waste in Surrey schools because schools are classed as a commercial entity and have to pay for a food waste pickup. Uh, And so their food waste goes into landfill, which seems utterly criminal because our food waste in Waverley especially goes to a biomass plant, or so we're told. We have made some achievements in the last few weeks, and they were things that we set out to do in our last session. We have got the buy-in of the teachers, the head teacher, the kitchen staff, and the children and parents. We've been talking about it a lot and everybody agrees that what we're doing is a good idea and they're all willing to get involved and help us. We did a lunchtime observation where we went into the school and we observed a whole hour of the little children having their lunch. We have weighed the bin for five consecutive days to get an average of how much food is chucked out by the children every day and then we've also done a... A good estimate of what the kitchen throw out as well found out how much food waste is produced kitchen and children we've also looked into the cost of waste disposal and how we can potentially rework the budget but also whether it's something that we can apply to the council for more budget and we've got from the school two little pieces of land which we can use to improve our composting facilities at the school. I've done with the easy stuff. We now need to get a meeting with Veolia, who pick up the waste from our school. Commercial services, which we have a contact for. We also have a contact at DEFRA, which we need to decide whether we want to use them or what we want to know. We need to do a clear project plan with goals and timelines. Another challenge is how to get publicity for our project. So I think we might apply to our local newspaper to put an article in the paper, etc. And we have an Instagram page and a Facebook page that's linked to our green team. We also need to put together a rollout pack. So we thought initially we'd probably put together a pack that rolls out for infant schools because that's what we are but will include challenges opportunities that we maybe didn't decide to go ahead with but might work for other schools questions where are the biomass plants how do they work now i've seen a brilliant (coughs) infographic on how biomass plants work can surrey county council subsidize the food digester (laughs) composters and wormeries would that be a possibility because that's something that ideally a lot of schools would have because if you can compost on site, that's even better because you're not using carbon to take waste to the biomass. We ultimately want to know why schools are treated as businesses in terms of waste pick-up.
0: Our next report is from the Farnham Cycle campaign team.
2: So quite a lot's happened since the last workshop. We've set up a new website. Uh, with videos on there to try and sell the concept to people and present the route that we've planned, quite a detailed route. We've built ourselves an organisation, we've got about 15 volunteers now, we have trying to set up a bank account, so we're trying to do a constitution and uh, boring stuff as well. Some of the members that we've got brought into it are members of the local town and Council, but we've got the leader of the local council is on our committee, so everything we're doing, is happy with, and it dovetails into with, with the um, local strategic plan that he's doing. Just after the last workshop, we did a survey of train commuters, got our plans, put them on a leaflet, dropped off the leaflets in the morning to all the commuters, went back in the evening with a vote and got them to vote, yes or no, would they use the cycle tracks on a regular basis? And we got 667 yeses, 136 noes, which was 5 to 1 in favour, which is a really good result. And we put that into the local newspaper, and it's been reported in the paper as well. Last Friday, eight days ago, Jeremy Hunt's who is our local MP, recognises a huge pollution problem in the town. In fact, it turns out Farnham is in the top 2.5% of the most polluted places in the UK. It's a huge problem in Farnham. So he, he was anyways calling together this pollution summit, and I managed to get a slot to do a presentation there. The output of that was that Surrey County Council have been given an action point to come back and present a costed plan for reducing pollution in the town by the end of April which is really, really quick for a, a councillor to do anything. At least he wants to get this done, and Tim Oliver was there, head of Surrey CC, and he signed up to and said, yes, we will lead this, we'll make sure this happens. We've got a visit to Waltham Forest, where they've got what they call a mini Holland concept, where basically they're starting to build cycle tracks all over the place, trying to get people to participate in active transport, and out of cars, using cycling or walking. And we'll hopefully take our local councillors up there to persuade them this is a good way to go forward. The challenges we've got, obviously, is to find the funding. I had a quick conference call with Jeff who gave up some of his time a couple of days ago. I took him through the route we're proposing on Google Street Maps so he can actually see. And with his experience of ballpark, what the costs need to be, it turns out it's going to be about £2.5 million probably to do the whole thing. So getting funding at that level is going to be quite a big challenge for us. We obviously need to make sure that the local community is happy for us to start closing off bits of road and things and pavements to turn to cycle tracks. The biggest challenge we've got as an urgent thing is find out who in Surrey County Council is going to run this project for Tim Oliver to actually do a, a costed plan for reducing pollution in the town by the end of April. And one of our guys decided to go part time at work so he can spend one day a week doing farm cycle
3: tracks.
0: Now let's hear from the team looking at active neighbourhoods in Redhill and Reigate.
4: Our plan is to encourage people to get out of their cars and make journeys on foot or by bicycle. We sort of moved slightly away from the cycle network, which was the original idea, to this idea of active neighbourhoods. And so what have we done in the last few weeks? When the email came through saying, congratulations, bring your team to the uh, thing. I didn't have a team, it was just me. And I'm pleased to say that I've built a little team with Bill, which is very (laughs) fortunate because he knows a lot about traffic management. Another thing that's gone well over the last few weeks is networking with lots of experts, which has been really good. We've also crystallised our plan. We have a pretty good idea of how we're going to get from what is a non-existent active neighbourhood in Reigate and Red Hill with very few cycle lanes which are any really good. And we're, 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 pretty, we're pretty sure how we're going to get from that point to trying to get some active neighbourhoods in. As I said, we've had a good meeting with the Borough Council, and in particular the lead councillor there, and he was very positive and is able to look at some funding for us. Challenges, well I've said funding, and also so is community buy-in, trying to go from using cars for every single short journey, because that's what we're focusing on, it's the short journeys. Through traffic will always happen. So we're really looking at setting up these little mini-Hollands, as as Pete was saying, trying to use a whole menu of traffic management techniques to make neighbourhoods much nicer to live in, of course, reducing air pollution and allowing children to play in the street and and so on. What we don't want, of course, is a lot of conflict. We need some sort of appropriate mapping technology because the idea is to have community buy-in getting groups of people in small communities to talk about their neighbourhood and how this might work. They would then need to map where the pinch points are and where they could put in cycle routes and modal filters and things like that. Questions? I suppose we've got this idea of timescale for delivery as being a question. I think the idea is that we're planning it, aren't we, up through to Christmas, but it's actually delivering it. I wonder how long that's going to take. I've been through this already, but I think the challenge is attracting people from the community who are not in our echo chamber. We are all keen on active transport, but there's plenty of people who are not. So it's getting that diversity of people. You don't just want mad keen cyclists or people who are crazy keen on this already. You, you need that buy-in from businesses and a whole diverse range of people. So that if we have a, a meeting, that's, that's who we want to see coming along. How do we get there? That's the question. <laughs>
0: Let's find out about the green school pickup.
5: We are the project looking at the green school pickup, so refilling bottles basically with household detergents. Our biggest achievement is we've actually got a business plan which is quite scary to look at, it's <laughs> 13 pages long, but actually we have a, like a really clear plan actually of what we're actually doing and where we want to go and how we might achieve that. We've made contact with suppliers, so normal suppliers that you'd expect to see in the supermarkets. I also made contact with quite a lot of the more ethically sourced products and set up some trade accounts with them. And then, with all of that, sort of having the business plan, we've managed to put together costings and got a whole list of actually how the whole thing would work from beginning to end. Now we've got a business plan, we've got a lot of questions and a fair number of challenges. So, our biggest challenge actually the last three weeks was just time. Time commitment. Challenges around design, about coming up with a logo, some slogans, something to make it really attractive to what we would call normal parents that are far more interested in just going in and picking up something cheap off the supermarket shelf and not just appealing to sort of the eco warriors that are already out there. Maybe challenge, maybe a question is about the legal aspect of having detergents that we're selling on school grounds. So firstly from a trading point of view. We we just need to find out a bit more about how we actually list the ingredients, any potential allergens on there, and the chemicals, because they are chemicals that we're selling. And the biggest challenge is to come, which is actually approaching the school. So we spent our time putting together a business plan, because what we didn't want to do is phone the school, say, can we have an appointment, say, come in tomorrow, and we didn't have anything to actually talk about. So some questions. How are we actually going to do this? Where are we going to store these chemicals? Where are we going to wash out these bottles? How are we going to refill them? We probably will initially, just do it out of our own sheds, but we don't want to just do that because the idea is is that we roll this out to all the local schools. So we need this to be reproducible. And the other question is, can we open up to the public? So it's really great being able to sell to parents, (coughs) but if we're using, say, the teacher's car park, pickup time, can we just have members of the public walking in and buying? Because that'd be brilliant if we could just open it up even further. By the time we've got everything together and got a solid plan, we probably won't roll out until the new academic year, Mm -hmm. if I'm honest.
0: The next initiative is to develop green corridors to reduce pollution.
6: In, In terms of what we've been up to and whatnot, it might be advisable, just to restate what it was that we were trying to do in the first place. So our, our objectives were to encourage tree planting, um, essentially uh, wildlife uh, across the county, uh, reducing climate change, pollution and so on. And how were we going to do that? We were going to try and achieve this by providing a template with guidance. The issues that we found, and this is a project that we already do, so we've already planted a couple of hundred trees locally, uh, where street trees die off, we put them in. And we're also raising more funds to replant other areas in the borough. What we've found is that, is it a borough responsibility? Is it a county responsibility? Do we need to talk to Highways England? There are a number of key groups. Is it private land, for example? So when you look at all of these disparate groups, they each have different, obviously different contacts, but different regulations and different requirements. So it's quite difficult to pick your way through there. So if we could end up with a template at the end of it that essentially works on the model that we've already got, but sets it out such that other people can use it. So therefore, other groups within the borough who are interested could use it, and within the county... And that may well tie in quite nicely with the Surrey uh, ambition to plant 1.2 million trees. The initial gambit was perhaps too wide. So what we've tried to do, a bit like others here have mentioned, is that we want to scale back our proposal and put it into three phases. So something that we can achieve now in the next few weeks, something that we can achieve by December, and then a longer term goal. So in the short term, we just want to capitalize on what we're already doing and produce the documentation associated with that. What have we done for our achievements? So we've worked through our proposals and we've come out with our, a working basis of two documents. One is our handwritten flowchart, which is over there, uh, which we can't get onto computer, and the other are the various stats and contacts for our design spec document. And we've made a number of contacts, but we've also been given contacts by Surrey, which we're very pleased with. We haven't taken those further at the moment because we want to get in all of our contacts and finish our spec before we go out to the various bodies, to talk to them about exactly what it is we're trying to do. So we've been in touch with uh, the Tree Council, and we've also been in touch with the Woodland Trust, and we've found out about the proposals that they have to give out free trees. So if you know people who are interested in tree planting, there are bodies that will support you, will fund you, um, and help you along that route. We're now changing the name of this from sort of planting trees along the M25 corridor, which isn't very exciting, uh, to establishing green corridors. We want to tackle uh, pollution and noise pollution from the M25, and one way of doing that is using the fallow land around the M25, sort of 10 metres, 15 metres either side. When we looked at it on a map, what we've realised is that with a very small track of land either side, we would be able to connect other areas of common and open spaces together, and therefore widening all of our green spaces throughout the county and the borough, and therefore we're now calling that green corridors, which is something that the Woodland Trust have already picked up on themselves, and it's something that they're interested in doing. And I think, essentially, i have just pinched that term from them. And so that's the longer-term goal, short-term goals. Let's get a template together that other people can use to plant more trees.
0: Now let's hear about the Land Hands project.
7: My idea is basically to try and encourage people to get more involved in sustainable farming. And that doesn't mean... Just supporting farmers, but getting everyday people to engage with it and, and get more people to sort of do a little bit of part time work in that area. I think there's some really big pictures of things that I'm trying to influence in sustainable farming throughout the whole county and how you tackle that on a, on a wider level to improve food security and, and climate change and soils and biodiversity. So it's a, it's a pretty big idea, but I'm trying to narrow it down to this initiative to get people in, engaged in farming. I have a name for it now. So one of my first achievements is that I've actually got a name and I've got a domain name to build a website. The name is Hands. It's sort of to do with all types of sustainable land management um, rather than just farming, but obviously predominantly it focuses on food, food security and and local resilience to whatever the future throws at us. I have achieved a little bit of interest on Facebook recently and put some some feelers out to people I know and a lot of support from quite a few people saying, Have you heard of this? Did you know about that? And actually what's come out of that is my realisation that there's so many good things already happening. There's ongoing research that will need to be done for Longer term, but for now I need to yeah research on finding farms that I want to be supporting in this.
0: Our next report is about a solution to air pollution.
8: My idea was a solution to air pollution, so just encouraging people to get out of their cars and walk, cycle, use public transport. So it links in really closely with the cycling ones because my idea was very broad my main aim was just trying to narrow it down to what actually I'm going to focus on so I achieved the location I decided to go with where I live and did a five mile radius around it so it's areas I know so if I'm looking into cycle lanes or something like that I at least know where I'm cycling. and I've spoken to a few people, I spoke to the <coughs> lady who looks after our travel survey at work and just asked her like what the questions because she sent me the sample, so I've got an example of that and also Chris put me in touch with their NHS at St. Peter's and Ashford Hospital because they're looking to do this and they just wanted to like bounce off some ideas. So I had a really nice call with them this week, they were telling me what they do and so we've actually got another call in for next week. So I think I want to do some more preparation for that call. My main challenge has been time. I started a new job two weeks ago, so I was like, whoa, this is a bit too much for me. (laughs) Um, And also not having a team. Not that I've tried to to contact the businesses yet, but I can imagine my challenge is gonna be when I do go to contacting them, are they actually gonna A, listen to me, where they actually can get their staff to do it. So that's a couple of challenges. And then a couple of questions. Now I've worked out my location, it's just finding a list of businesses. I'm gonna go for the business out with over 150 or so employees in those kind of areas and the best person in those businesses to contact. And then I did have a quick look at the Nottingham Parking Levy, which sounded great. So I was then thinking, do we have any of the big multi-story car parks in the council that we do charge businesses to park in? <laughs>
0: Our last report today is about the rewilding of verges and roundabouts with flowers and insects.
9: My idea was actually that I wanted to do a number of different things at the same time. Put wildflowers up and down grass verges, put them on roundabouts, basically make people feel better because we've got colour. I want colour all the year round, so the flowers are going to be of a different type and it will continue throughout the year. In the context of this, we will save insects, we're going to have butterflies that we've lost so many of, we're going to have bees, and it should save SCC money, because the idea is reduce the number of verge cuts, and through the reduction in verge cuts, you've got a saving. So, It was quite interesting because I looked at the objectives that were there. And you remember, three weeks ago, I insisted on having bees put on the chart, which were duly put on. And the answer to the questions are as follows. I put down discussions with S C C rewilding. didn't happen, but I got a very good discussion about the cost of verge cutting. So that was positive. RHS was down as advice. I wanted to know exactly what to plant, when, and how, and you know all the details. Didn't want to know, but I found a botanist. And this botanist, who's very, very able, produced a two-page document telling me what I should plant when. We went into discussions about roundabout diametrics, including, do you have little verges around the outside of a roundabout, in other words, plantings, and then flowers in the middle, and all the rest of it. So that was positive. I also found some sponsors for One Roundabout. That's good. But the most important thing was that I got focused on the project. And I hadn't realised I was trying to build a pyramid. Why a pyramid? Because it's a damn big structure It takes a lot of effort to put together. And what I'd ended up with was one man and a few other helpful people around, but I didn't know who the pharaoh was, and I also didn't know where the slaves were coming from. So I am left now... With a major problem. And the problem is straightforward. This project will not succeed with a few like minded individuals. It may be 15, it may be 20, maybe 30. Firstly, I can't decide on roundabouts. That is a Surrey County Council matter. I can think of a few, but they're always a problem. There's a problem of actually dealing with it because you've got to get safety regulations. You know, if, if it's in the middle of a busy area, you've got to ring it round, people have got to guard it. So that's one problem. Size of a roundabout, difficult to measure, but the average is about 36 metres diameter. So I'm able to work out what the basic square meterage is for that. Then you've got the other sides of it, verge cutting. I thought this would be so easy just go along and throw a few seats down. No, no, no. You've got sight lines to consider, you've got traffic flows, anything over 40 miles an hour, needs special people to stand there and guard the roads so that you know, you've got lanes there and everything else. £1,100 a day, a lane closure. So, costs are building up. The long and the short of it is, I've now got a defined project focus and I need buy-in from an organisation. And why do I need this buy-in? Because this is not unique. Recently, I think it was last Saturday's Times, referred to the fact councils have already done this very successfully. Durham, Perth, Tottenham, Hale, Hale Village, and Amersham. I can't ring up Amersham and say, oh, by the way, how much did it cost you? How did you do it? The experience can best be gained by a county council where a cabinet member rings up the equivalent in that particular county and says, guys, how did this work and how much did you save? Challenges, got down here, okay, response from RHS and SCC, and quantification of the project overall, funds and folk. Funding of this needs to be determined. And my real question is how to pull this project together because I want to find the therapy. I'm not disillusioned by what I'm trying to do. In fact, I'm very heartened. Because it does have benefits of global climatic change benefit as well. And it's one of these projects that when you set off and you think this is going to be really, really easy, but in actual fact, it's a lot more complex because of all the statutory considerations. So that's it, thank you.) Sorry.
0: Our final words are from Mike Goodman, the Surrey County Council Cabinet Member for Environment and Waste.
3: I do want to come to more of these because the enthusiasm and passion in in this room we need to capture because this is what it's all about. If people think climate change isn't here, if they think climate change is all about what government has got to do, what local authorities have got to do, they're wrong. It's about what we all have to do. And some of these projects, and I haven't got around you all um, yet, but they are important. They're important to start the process. But also, I can feel that the opportunities of developing some of these more and more is really, really interesting. The podcast one I did find very interesting because I was on the panel when we voted it because I went back the following week and said to, to my... People at uh, said, We need to be different in some of our communications. And I said, we, What we did five years ago, two years ago, people are changing. They want different messages. We need to get the message across differently. So, what we did is on Tuesday, we launched at the cabinet a completely different way of getting the message across on CRCs and recycling, completely different than we've ever done before. And I think we've got to do that because it needs a culture change in the UK we're really going to tackle climate change. It cannot go on the back burner, it's got to be on the front burner, and it's got to be now we've got to, to do those things. So I want to congratulate you all, A, for some of your ideas, and I'm absolutely confident they're going to be developed, but also for the time you're giving up coming here today. And also, thank you for the, the support staff and Surrey County Council and others who have come along today and others. It's really important And I'm quite excited about it. I'm probably a bit too passionate about it, if you can be. But I want to see us make a difference. And I think Surrey can. And I was interested. I don't know if you read the press this morning, where the government are going to write to 30,000 people, inviting them to put why they should be part of the climate commission group. Well, I think some of you need to get on that list, because your passion needs to, to be out there. Because we can make a difference. We really can.
0: This podcast has been produced by the Mr. T Podcast Studio as part of Surrey's Greener Future programme. Please use this material to help inform others.